everyone. Welcome back to uh, yet another show or episode of Reinventing Finance with my lovely co-host Tom. Tom, how are you today? Thank you very much, my dear. And with uh, my dear friend, so, um, is Gilad a international way? Is it, how do you pronounce your name, Gilad? So I think that you actually got it. I'm so, I, I'm surprised. I'm positively surprised. I appreciate that you've been practicing in front of the mirror pronouncing my name over and over. I have. You know, I've done my hair and everything. You I, know, I, I appreciate it, you know. Yeah, um, no, it's like, whew, you know, between pronouncing Gilad or Gilead, which will be the English biblical kind of uh, way to, do, uh, to say that, Gilad works. I will Gilad. respond better to Gilad. Yeah. Gilad, it's it's a pleasure to see you again. It was even more of a pleasure meeting you after a couple of years uh, um, where we only met virtually in Munich a, a couple of weeks mm -hmm. ago at DIA. And thank you so much for, for, for taking the time and taking some of the, um, as we've previously uh, discussed before we press record, you know, some of the, let's say, Little little boys gossiping about insurance and bringing. Of course, like, yes. And by the way, I think that you're absolutely correct. They are going to do amazing, and those guys are going to fail tremendously. But who they are, we'll keep it between us. Uh, exactly. Yes. But for for the few um, of our listeners, um, especially this side of of the pond, um, maybe do you want to briefly introduce yourself? Who are you and? What is InsureTech LA? Sure. Let me, hmm, that's a great question. <laughs> like, tell me about yourself for an interview, which in a sense it is. Um, it's an interrogation. Shy... We gave you the memo. It's interrogation. No, yes. no, brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> I love I love a, a German and the Dutch interviewing in Israeli. That's, that, can be, that can be a great beginning of a joke. Now, yeah. besides that <laughs> stuff, yeah, walking into a bar and ordering a drink. And so allow me to introduce myself. My name is Gilad Shai. I've been, ooh, ah, so I've been running in Shota Los Angeles for the past six, seven years. And basically it started as a meetup back then. So 2015 or 16, 15, I joined the insurance industry. I joined Farmers Insurance. So here in, the, in, in Europe, people will know it as, oh, that entity of Zurich. Yes. Um, I think nowadays it's at 24, 28 billion dollars. Not really, not really sure where, where they stand in terms of uh, direct return premium. Um, so I was there for three and a half years. But once you get into insurance, you go like, holy shit, I can't believe that they're doing this stuff this way and for so many years. And as a serial entrepreneur, I started, okay. First of all, I will need co-conspirators one day that when I will start my next startup. So I started Insurtech Los Angeles as a meetup because you need to educate people that there is insurance. Who is going out? Yes, I'm the founder of a new Insurtech company. Today, yes. However, seven years ago, you hardly heard about them. And a year later, of course, there was the, I would call it the patient zero of Insurtech Lemonade and Hippo and all the rest of them started to pop up like uh, mushrooms after the rain. And with that, of course, there was this, uh, I would say, earthquake that we see more and more in short tech and innovation in the insurance industry. 
So I was with Farmer for three and a half years, uh, co-authored the book of the initial, uh, that Sabine van der, uh, van der Lieden uh, edited. Uh, edited. Um, so I'm one of the co-authors. Um, I left Farmers after three and a half years to start Bound, Bound API. That was one of the first, if not the first, embedded insurance platform. The whole concept was, how can we provide insurance at digital touch points? And of course, it had all kinds of internal pivots, STEM technology, just a different brand name. Oh, sorry. A different value proposition and a different champion within the different organization. Uh, sadly, covid killed us in terms of uh, where we stood and all the budgets that magically disappeared. And I decided to shift into uh, what we call uh, investment. Now, needless to say that thanks to my uh, activities and let's call it high profile in the industry, I've been a media partner for, uh, for the big conferences in the industry. Uh, I would say I know one or two people in the industry and also have been part of the organizer side of the various uh, conferences. Um, what else can I tell you? I think that's enough. Most likely other things will pop up as you go through the... As, as we go through <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the questions that um, haven't, been, haven't been sent, so we'll get this, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll get this raw. And unedited. So I, I would say that you do have a, a pretty holistic view about, you know, that beast that is in SureTech and what it set out to do and whichever wave we're in and, you know, what's successful and what wasn't, you know, from, as you said, working in incumbent insurer, starting your own startup, being a networker, um, a investor, um, going to lots of conferences. So, so you probably are, are one of the few people with with at least a broad view and broad angles mm -hmm. um, at it. Yes. From your, you know, and you you can start wherever you think is is sensible. But what did you learn, or to put it differently? what things have been falsified and what things or thoughts or hypotheses have been validated over the past, I don't know, five, seven years that you've been in these various roles? Ooh, ooh, um, wow. We need to be a little bit more specific with examples because whatever I thought yesterday, most likely I will not remember today. And there is a good chance it's recorded, that we will recorded. That's fine. It'll Which be recorded, That's... criticized, to that. dissected, and shoved back into uh -huh. your face. So don't worry about oh, it. That's wonderful. We'll, 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 I, we'll I did... get this back up to your attention. I didn't know that you have so many followers that you know we need like to get you the blue the blue icon that uh, Elon Musk now is uh, making everyone buy. But it's only eight dollars. It's fine. I have dollars. It's stronger than the euro. But that's between us. <laughs> um, so I think that the the main thing was insurance agents and that was at the beginning we saw it i don't know what was it wave two or wave one of the insurance uh, insurance startups they all are oh, we going to we don't need agents we just go directly to the customer and it didn't work and that's the beauty of it even when i think that the first thing that i recognize with bound and i think and i 
really thankful for growing an education, let's call it my education at Pharmacy Insurance, that it was agent-oriented, right? And it's all, all the, that's the distribution channel. To sell insurance, you need someone, a professional that will sell you insurance, especially if it's something more complicated. Car insurance, sure, it's a commodity. Most of rent insurance, most of the home insurance, it's commodity. However, once you move a little bit to the left or you need something that is a little bit more complicated for your business, talk to an agent. They will give you the right advice. Now, when you think about it in the US, there are about 20,000 people who work as insurance agents. Same number, if not triple than that, in Japan, in Brazil, I don't know what are the numbers in in uh, Germany if it's broker agent uh, dominant. But at the end of the day, you cannot ignore that amount of 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 and the industry that is pushing the the entire process uh, forward. So uh, for me, it was do not try to intermediary the agents. On the contrary, it's a, 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 it's a workforce, it's a bank a, a, a power, invest in them, For, build tools that you can make them even better. And it's such a great opportunity now that we see the boomers, right? With, who are the majority of the insurance agents in the US that are starting to retire, to sell their agencies because there is no second generation that will pick it up. There, there are a few, right? But the majority don't. So they are looking into selling them. And the young kids, who, 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 uh, no, Generation Z or a millennium, no, millennium are at their eight, almost 40. Generation Z who will go into the insurance space. So there are all kinds of interesting opportunities now to sell them technology, or to buy and to create cluster and mega agencies that will, but you know, I'm already talking about different facets of that entire ecosystem. Is there, before we, before Tom and I decide whether we want to dig in and maybe, maybe challenge some or, or corroborate some of these viewpoints, is there another? Yeah, listen, I think that. I think that there is another thing that from time to time, if I, you know, like now dive into the rabbit hole, pull me out because That's... you started about lesson and I was already talking about merger and acquisition of an agency. Absolutely. And that's a that's a very interesting topic, to be honest, especially uh, on the US part, because agency roll-ups, PE-driven agency roll-ups is uh, much more established than it is over 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 here. Um, in Germany, at least, but learning Nick, aren't one... you like a third generation? Aren't you a third generation insurance agent or fourth generation? No, second. I I, I would have been second generation. Um, my father had a an MGA for classic cars uh, in the US. It's a small version of Hegarty. It would have been a small version of Hegarty, mm. um, but we did sell to our main uh, underwriter. Uh, a couple of okay. well, my dad did not me um but learning one we still need agents so invest in enabling them yeah. what any other learnings um that are of so, equal footing yeah of course listen there are many different things that we look at them as you know 
someone tried to con it, oh, they shoot the wave one, two, three, four, five, or whatever that. I don't remember the different uh, waves, but it started with, and let's ignore uh, Lemonade and Hippo, and we'll actually can come back to them about valuation. That will be lesson number three, right? So we are looking at the different waves of styles or trends of insurtechs that popped up. Uh, it started from aggregators to going the, uh, direct, to doing this, to doing that. At the end of the day, patience is, is a key role here. While you need, at the same time, you need to be active. So there is a lot of FOMO. You need to know how to control it. You need to participate in the party, but you also need to be smart enough to have dry powder for investments and other things because that's opportunity. And, you know, when I'm talking, so I know that I made the introduction, but the important part nowadays, and people ask me all the time, Gilad, what do you do? So, and I give them the same answer. I advise and invest in, in short-tech startups. That's my main focus. This is how I uh, buy my wine and pay for whatever. Um, so when we look at the different uh, opportunities and how, and I completely lost my line of thought now, which is amazing. Um, so we, in terms of the different way, we saw the aggregator, we saw uh, the different MGAs, the AIs. Now we have the embedded insurance, which always give me a small cringe. Uh, so uh, twisting the heart, not cringe. Uh, we have all of those guys. At the end of the day, you need a lot of patience and understand where it is part of your portfolio. If you're an insurance company, you have a CVC, or you're, you are practicing what insurance companies been doing for decades, and their natural growth is by acquiring another company's book of business. This is how most of the big insurance companies been growing, right? Unless they are throwing $2 billion at the Geico. Uh, gecko um it's you need to to have that patience but also participate so you can have a control a steering ability for what's going on in the ecosystem that's one thing and it's hard to it's very hard because we are always in, in the grass and it's very hard you know too many woods and it's hard to see the too many trees it's hard to see the the forest kind of thing so that will be one. The other thing that most of the people uh, like to talk about is the valuation, right? And we've seen most of the in, in startups that went public. So Hippo, they keen pulled it out. They didn't go in. Now, I think that recently I read that they raised another debt uh, financing round so they can continue without going and doing equity. Um, how can I say that? It was wrong valuation. People lost a lot of money. People made a lot of money. And this other investor, may, you know, especially the early investor made a lot of money. There have been all kinds of lessons learned from it. And part of it, you need to understand that if you're an insurance company, you will be valued as an insurance company. You are not a technology company that sells insurance. You're an insurance company that ideally has better technology that will give you a better combined ratio or your loss ratio will be better because you are more efficient less uh, employees or your expenses are well basically 
less than the other and hopefully you have better underwriting capabilities. Yeah, I would say those are the main three. Tom, what do you think? Do we want to dig in or let them off the hook on these three lessons? Go for it. Come on. Tom, why don't you you strike the first blow? I I like the the kind of nuanced uh, attitude to the whole industry. So what you often have is that it's the kind of black and white discussion. So you have people coming in into this insurance industry. They call themselves InsurTech. And they and they just say in general, all those incumbents, how how do they still exist? We'll disrupt them uh, in a, in an in an extreme fast way. And then in reality, so that, in reality, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's different. So you have this on the one hand, you have this distribution channels, which are not so disrupted so easily and so fast as let's say people who find themselves very digital think it would happen, but it, it's the same and same over again if you talk about innovation. And on the other hand, people find out that it's much more complicated. So if you talk about loss ratios, underwriting, uh, compliance, uh, you also see exactly the same in FinTech. So if you see, for instance, the Neo banks, they always say, ah, mm-hmm. I don't understand why the banks are so lazy and so bureaucratic. And then they and then they and then they find out that data privacy is a topic, that whitewashing is a topic, uh, that regulation is a topic, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And then and then they find mm-hmm. out, oh, uh, it was more complicated than we thought uh, at the at the starting point. So I I like oh. until now mm-hmm. your your nuanced way of for instance talking about distribution. So uh, but uh, go well, ahead, I think go that you're ahead, absolutely Nick. correct. Yeah, no, no, Tom, you're absolutely correct. And that's a point because there is a big, 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 a few digits big difference between, oh, I'm a startup that bootstrapped or, you know, an angel gave me, I don't know, half a million dollars and now I'm doing something versus a multi-billion dollar company that need to, if it's private or public, it doesn't matter, that need to take care of millions of households and policyholders. The the risk is you cannot even compare. And you need to we need to understand. And and one of the things, and if we are talking about the lesson learned, let's add it at number four, right? And basically Tom just framed it in a different way. Um, there was a hard moment that we don't see kids out of college or entrepreneurs that are going like, oh, you know, I made a killing in this industry. I'll put the same concept and I'm going to disrupt the insurance industry, right? That was a little bit of the naivete that we've seen in the wave one, wave two of the insurance startups. Actually, I met here in London a a startup who is out of school. They, They have like two, three years out of college experience and they are trying to build an insurance product. And their first question is like, can you introduce us to someone who is, who is a veteran in the insurance space? Because they already understand that while they have all the, how we call it, whistles and, and, and all the stripes and all the, the bling in order to make the cool technology and an amazing UI, they need the insurance veteran that will connect it to the reality because there are so many different things here. And insurance industry is still relationship-based. So you need to know, you need to be in this space for a few good years, not just to establish your relationship, but also to understand how the industry operates. 
because it's a global industry. Although uh, the medical insurance is here in London, again, visiting, I'm based in Los Angeles. Um, but yeah, it's uh, that how moment I think that sunk down. But there's, there's also another uh, very, very big difference uh, if you compare this with other industries that the fact is what, what I think you can't uh, underestimate uh, as much as possible is the fact that that you have a, a big client base which is there mm -hmm. it's not like like let's say buying a new skirt or shoes or something like some something like that so so also if you would have to build up this whole client base it takes years and years and years uh, mm -hmm. and so it's a very slow industry so it's slow building it up but it's also slow ruining let's say your your whole company and that's something which is typical for especially insurances because it's a low interest product so let's say if somebody has built up hundred thousand people who has a home insurance it's not so easy to build up hundred thousand uh, home insurances and that's something which this this whole idea of slow versus very fast is for people who are very fast and think that the whole world in all dimensions is very fast is a kind of confrontation with reality because they just they it's 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 just a different speed it doesn't move at all it's like mm -hmm. a big concrete block a zurich or or an axa or an alliance i mean you can criticize their websites and you can criticize their software and you can criticize their legis uh, legacy and you can criticize the fact that they are nationally oriented etc but they have just an enormous amount of clients and they and they just don't move uh, uh, from one state uh, to the other because they're just not interested. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's uh, the brand placement, brand recognition, building a brand that you can trust is critical. And it takes years to build it. And this is why you have insurance companies, the, the incumbents, that will sponsor and do a brand placement almost everywhere. If in the US it will be on NASCAR uh, cars, not just F1 or you know uh, golf uh, tournaments, it will be on NASCAR. It will be on your local uh, baseball, football stadium, what you know, wherever they they can. You know, high school. There are places that high school sports in the US. It's almost it's like religion, right? So. If their brand is there, they will pay good money to have their brand there. Why? Because over the years, you grow up, you go to daddy, which insurance should I buy? That, insur that insurance, because I've been in that insurance. And that's most likely what you buy. You see the USAA, you see Allstate, you see Farmers, State Farm. You know those brands, you trust them. And when shit hit the fence and you need them, they may or may not be there for you, but you think that you can trust them. Now, a new kid coming in, it's like, okay, um, how do I penetrate the market that I need to put my brand in? And how do I build trust so people will trust my brand and will buy? So usually they're going for the tabula rasa or people with no previous experience or that are not familiar or don't have that emotional connection those familiar brands it's like you know asking hey do you drink pepsi or do you drink coca-cola what do you feel how there used to be rc cola i don't know what happened to that one but you know what is your emotional and do you trust that kind of coke that will give you i don't know the sugar craving that you need now 
disclaimer, I don't drink sodas, so it doesn't matter. I think I I agree with all of what you've what you've said. I would maybe put a, a an additional lens to it because from this conversation I'm hearing, it's almost like you know insurers have blocked out the market. They don't move. They have all this brand and you know they're 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 not letting other people in for the benefit of the customer. I don't think that's true. I think um, where it would and me included would we've what what I've in the beginning thought that i've I've mistook user interface or user uh, UI versus user experience. And I feel mm -hmm. that insurance, there's there's natural touch points when you do yep. insurance. And everyone sales agent knows this, right? You know, you rent your new house, you're in a job, you get married, blah, blah, blah. There's five, six, and you travel, you buy a car. There's there's natural touch points. These are not day-to-day. So um, even if it's um, and it's it's complicated, it's 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 a nuisance, it's like tax. Um, and an easy way for lots of people to deal with that issue is to go to someone or some brand, because that's ultimately mm -hmm. what a brand does. A brand does reduce complexity. And I go, I don't know whether it's the best product. You know, I just buy Apple, for example. I get the whole discussion about Ubuntu and all that. And I just don't care. It's just, I do not one i just go it's good i know it's more it's expensive mm -hmm. but it works that's how much i want to do that's my kind of customer and yep. i think within insurance because it's low interest etc that goes even further there's fine print so relationships brands reduce complexity and i think what you see now working is people who start with the premise of not product led but distribution-led and basically say, let's pick up the customer where he or she already is within a preference or a channel, and it can be a person that they already trust. And let's work backwards from there and let's inject um, efficiency uh, in, into that. Those things seem to be working and most of the money for that are fundraised um, usually go into distribution rather than actual product development on the kind of classical sense. Um, and it's expensive to yep. break someone mm -hmm. out of that cycle. And but, we're now experiencing that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the point that as an insure tech, as a startup, this is where you need to be super creative. And I was just, you know, as you said, putting a lens on what Tom said earlier, that the industry moves slowly, right? And big giants that work hundreds of millions or billions. And, you know, the marketing budget for a few of, of the top uh, 10 or the top 20 in the US, their marketing budget is a billion dollars. And for them, it's all about, okay, can we make sure that we are choking? Not choking, they're not choking. It's not that they can defend everything in terms of the, the market from new brands to enter, but they are big, right? There are all kinds of ways to do it. So for the insurtechs, for the startups, if it's, you know, we talked about uh, the, small, the, the smaller or bigger uh, uh, startups in Europe earlier, they need to be creative. And they need to play more or less the same game, trying to build their brand, 
but at the same time to be very creative about how they can do that. But, you know, let's segue into that. What, what successful create, you know, good artists steal after all. Um, what, what good creative, let's start with distribution, go to market things. Have you seen that you would like, that you think, you know, people should have a look at? I'm not sure. Repeat that again. So have you seen um, any creative ways to get customers within um, mm -hmm. any particular in, in, in SureTech, whichever channel ah. um, that, you know, could act as a nudge or a case study for someone to have a look? Good question. I don't have a good answer from the top of my head. Seriously. Okay. Um, no, I, so let me try to give a, a very genetic answer that's not really going to answer your specific question. Um, let's differentiate between a technology company and an MGA or a, an insurtech that sells insurance, right? For both of them, because insurance, it's a, everyone is a frenemy. So even if you're selling your own product, you will find a way to, or to send the, a lead if it doesn't meet the risk appetite, or to bundle things together with one of your competitors. At the end of the day, we are all friends and we are all competitors. So, and we've seen it over and over again, or even on the technology side. There are many startups, technology that will work with a guide wire and with other course system and other why because there are all kinds of opportunities if it's not me it may be you it may be you and they're all sharing that and nowadays and i know it's not answering your specific question um i haven't seen something that is like oh my god i can't believe how what a brilliant distribution a channel they created or a customer experience. And the main thing is the customer experience, right? And that's where the all embedded insurance concept started. How do we make the insurance as integral part of the product or the service or basically the capital risk that we are taking as people or as a business when we want to do something specific? So, yeah, I'm... It's a little bit hard, hard for me. Let's say I'm looking now at a new MGA early stage, and the the main reason I'm looking at them is because they are going to they already have a partnership with a specific distribution channel, so they are doing a rent insurance, and they are already embedded as part of the system that helps to manage those apartments. So they are there. Like the only thing that you need to do is I click a button and and that's it. You're, 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 you're covered, right? And that's classic embedded insurance with a distribution channel that will give you also a defensible uh, position in the market. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't really have a good example for your, for your original question. Sorry. Tom, do, does, do any uh, yeah, come just, to mind I on your end? I'm just I'm just still thinking about let's say innovation in this whole space. So I think there are let's say there are two different types. On the one hand, you had this whole B and C, uh, B two C uh, um, let's say startups, and I think 
that has become pretty difficult. That's a topic we discussed until now. And the other thing is um, you have to, this business to business, uh, let's say startups who just make the industry, um, let's say much more efficient because they have, let's say certain AI uh, inventions on, on, on uh, let's say, um, uh, dealing with your claims in a more efficient way, et cetera. And I think this, this is a huge difference. And I think, let's say for the second part, uh, um, that makes sense because let's say from the cost side, you're just saying to all the, also to this big incumbents, you're saving money if you would do this more efficiently, like we, let's, we, let's say all bought computers in all industries, et cetera. Uh, and I think the the, 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 the the big problem still is this B2C. So I'm very curious if you just have from your own experience, let's say some really good examples where in the long term, those start or skill ups really survived because we also have seen some quite successes. And if you then have a look at the combined ratio, uh, it will be it will be pretty difficult, but they were just successful between brackets because there was so much money around and that's in the, on the long term uh, not enough so it has to be a sustainable business so we can start by you know most startups are going to fail right i, I think it's what nine out of ten will fail or something like that or stick it really depends on wh which stage including my previous startup there was a the clear financial decision it's like okay how much can we keep it alive after COVID started and all the budget uh, that we were pure technology company right the api mapping embedding the insurance making all the affiliations da, 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 da. at the end of the day everyone panicked and uh, engineered themselves out of the job that's mainly the innovation teams and oh actually now i i have an idea an idea for your previous <laughs> question um startups are going to fail and great with all my going about the different thoughts and now remembering, I Tom, can you just repeat your question? What was it? I was just wondering, let's say, if you have from those from those business to consumer and business to business, what mm -hmm. let's say are your most let's say best examples or your lessons learned? Just to take one example, Nick and I often mention is, for instance, uh, Stephen Mendel. Who, uh, who did this pet insurance, which is that's probably for a B2C uh, insurtech, one of the best examples, because it was very focused. Uh, they had a better product, they had, they had better combined ratio, and they and they focused then on a global scale, or at least trying to scale on a global scale on this very specific pet uh, segment. So, But perhaps because you are an investor and you see so many insurtech companies, I'm curious if you could mention Let's say one or two well, of those examples from those different sectors. Let me actually tie it to previous question that you talked about, uh, actually from the branding standpoint. Uh, I have nothing to do with that company and they pulled it out, uh, pulled it off a few years ago. So uh, it was life. Uh, there was a point that, and I hope that I'm right about those uh, statistics. So I'll talk a uh, high level, um, they basically done a very smart thing, took most of the money that they raised, gave it to Google, and basically generated so many leads and sold so many, so, so many policies. And that's 
I, it's second hair, second hand. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know the 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 fact. So take it with a grain of salt. And basically, they just ran out of capacity, and then they moved uh, and they got new capacity. I think it was from um, legal and um, no, what's the name? In general, something in legal. Legal in general. Thank you very much. This is just the state of my memory today. Amazing. And so, and that was a bigger, I think that they ran out capacity from RJX and then they moved to other one, but I'm sorry, it take it, not really sure about the name. Um, and, but as a startup, it's a ballsy move. And you can see that that's something that in a regular insurance company, you cannot do. And it was a very smart move from them. They sold, I think back then they sold only term life insurance. So the the thing that you can underwrite and sell online 10 years term life. Very simple. But that was classic thing, not classic. We can call it a, a, a classic move in terms of how can I penetrate a new market that it's very hard to, to get. Take money, give to Google and make it happen. Now, having said that, most investors, if you will hear such a move, and it's like, you want to tell me that if I'm going to invest in you, let's assume $5 million, you're going to take a million dollars and just give it to Google for ads. Actually, it's for leads. It's not that you give it. You buy, you buy ads. At the end of the day, you want to see that the conversion of those ads and the money will turn into lead. However, it created enough impact that for them, it gave them all they need, including the fact that they completed their capacity and they moved to the next league in terms of operation, right? So that's, that's a, I would say, ballsy move that we, it's very hard sometimes to digest. Um, another startup that it's very interesting, and I'm an advisory for them, insurance gig, and they are still very, very early stage. And what I like in terms of their pivoting in different experiments. They are sort of the Zapier, Zapier of insurance. So creating automation between different stages. So basically, instead of buying one big license for hundreds, tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, it narrows it down to now it's transactional. So they're opening a new blue ocean that agents can buy technology. And the point was that they are working with Many, many uh, players in the in the industry, if it's Hawksoft, if it's a uh, different uh, AMSs, and their value proposition, they are a layer on top of a layer on top of a layer, but they are automating that workflow, doing a little bit of disruption for, on how you pay for the uh, technology uh, providers. And there was a point that a customer voice came out and it was so simple. And that's tying it back to user experience, all that background for one thing, a button as a Chrome extension, that's it. So instead of your agent, your producer will type in, will then there is a small button as a Chrome extension that does all the auto population for you. You press it, it will cost you $1. It will auto populate all the information that you need with data enrichment. It will pay the data enrichment company. It will do that for you. And now you saved an hour of typing and making mistakes. Boom. 
Very simple. Now they are working on many other things, but when we are thinking about user experience, that's a perfect example of how a, one company, one new startup, super early stage, working with a couple of mature startups and incumbents, technology service providers, and bringing them all together. I had that experience in, with bound on uh, risk providers, but that's a story that we should not tell. I know I didn't answer your question directly, and I answer, gave example for previous one, but roll with me here. No, listen. I think it's I, I I think it's fine, and you know, there's 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 a few things on on my mind, and I'll, but I'll put them in the in the in the comments, and then we can kind of further that because there's a couple of other questions. But you know, at the end of the day, where it kind of comes down to is design for whatever distribution access you can go for, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's the outside in. Whilst everyone usually started with, this is a direct to consumer self-service product it needs to be but that's not actually what anyone was was looking for for most for most people so i think it's it's start with that uh co-develop um these products with your distribution partners because world is littered with unused insure tech products insurance products and everyone these days has a platform but if you don't have any users or customers on it no one really gives a damn um, yeah, and that's the biggest challenge when you look at the ecosystem, right? Every every big core system trying to create their ecosystem, but that's not their DNA. They don't know how to manage an ecosystem. So most likely it will fail or it will be, okay, we created a plugin for so-and-so core system, but and is there a use case? Is there a, a economic reason for that? Or is it just for marketing? If it's for marketing, fine, no problem. You can add, we have a plugin uh, on this and this platform and you can use it, but how do you onboard? Do you take into consideration the training, the education, the, making sure that people know how to use it and what's the cost of maintenance, right? So, yeah, sorry, man. No, no, that's, so just, just kind of conscious conscious of time i'd like to dig into one topic and if we if we have a little bit more time we okay. can dissect some others but um you know let's let's talk at sustainable insurance i prefer there's a german term called enkelfähig which direct translation means you know grandchildren ready um but have you found any examples within insurance or supported by insurers, invested by an insurers where you say, you know what, this is something that one can be proud of. This is something that you could, might actually tell your grandchildren uh, to, you know, if you were set insurance executive to say, I've done this without me, X wouldn't have happened rather than I don't know, here's an ESG report, you know, go, go nuts. I don't even mm -hmm. know whether, or maybe start with is sustainable insurance, which in the European Union with, um, you know, ESG investment criteria is, in, is, is, is regulatorily enforced from the asset management side quite a lot as well. Um, is this even a thing in the United States? Great question that I don't have a good answer to. So let's start with that. So you always ask, you know, you started with impact, personal impact, and I'm trying to think, what did I do that created some sort of an impact, right? I had like 
Uh, I had a few applications that were, uh, you know, featured on Apple. Uh, I had, I was the product engineer for the first, uh, no, for Duke Core 2 Small Factor when I was with Intel and the first Quad Core. Would that, was that a real impact? Yes and no. It helped. It made the life uh, very happy for many gamers in 2005 or 2006. Maybe that back then, but was that so, was there any impact? Now, going to the ESG. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, what I what I meant was, you know, kind of imagine you have you know, um, I I wasn't kind of going. What have you done? I was, and sorry no, for no, I, for, um, I was like, do you have good examples within the insurance or insurtech space where you feel whatever said company insurtech is doing is is getting us onto the right path um, towards a more sustainable economy and society. Do you have some examples mm -hmm. so you know one can compare and contrast on their own on mm. one's own efforts? So, so here's the thing. Um, I started with that, and I was just about to jump to the ESG because this is what it's still uncertain how that's coming to impact our day-to-day -day life and uh, i've been i've been on the road for the past seven weeks and saturday finally i'm heading back to los angeles i've been here in in london for five plus the week in munich that we met um and there are two new things that came that i started to focus on one quantum computing got super excited about it and i'm trying to find allocate an hour from time to time to do better research to understand what quantum computing actually to mean and when it will become a thing because you already can get it as a service and the other thing is esg now when we talk about esg many will think about climate sustainability all that stuff and insurance can play a big role there now have i seen something that dropped my jaw not really but I think that insurance has a big a big role to play. It's insurance and finance, and mainly in terms of making sure that projects are not a, a risk. So hedge the risk of going through all kinds of different projects. That means. So what does it mean? It means if you are talking about a sustainability governance or environment it's all about do you have the right software to monitor it is there good uh, standards for the carbon footprint within your company and can you actually create that report do you have enough exchanges to deal with the carbon uh, with the carbon offsetting and those are small measures now when you think about sustainability and if you are now going to take some sort going out to do a project, how do you ensure that project of, for example, and there is a, a nice MGA out from, uh, from Boston, energetic insurance, that they will provide, I'm not sure if it's an insurance or if a, if a legal or, fin sorry, a financial uh, uh, service, uh, James, or, I need to check. Yeah, yeah, or forward or Basically, like at the end of the day, you want to make sure that if you take, for example, if you take a loan again to, I don't know, to do a solar panel, a, a project, you want to make sure that you can insure that loan. I know it's silly, 
But when we are merging insurance and finance, and you have and you take debt in order to execute on uh, energy sustainability or anything like that, you want to make sure that there are programs, insurance programs, to make sure that that loan will be in place and that will secure and will actually create better incentives or let's call it peace of mind for the finance for for the lenders to put more money into additional projects. So that's one example. Then of course you have, and in the US it really depends if it's admitted or not admitted or if they want to put it on the legal regulations. So it will be, okay, what happens if you are breaking the compliance in terms of whatever will come, all kinds of uh, compliance regarding um, uh, pollution and stuff like that. Maybe soon enough we will have a, we will need to be compliant as an individual, not just as a company, right? My car, I'm driving a, a Jeep. It's seven years old now, uh, so every year I need to take a smog test because California. I hardly driven it, so it doesn't matter. But you know what happens if now I'm becoming a polluter, right? And I'm not talking about what happened with what was it Volkswagen? Who who was uh, who fixed that thing and cost them uh, half of the company to pay fines? That's type of something that you need to have an insurance for, not for the the liability, but for the legal fees. If you are going to break the compliance and of course they're going to have so many exclusions i'm sure if you knew it you didn't know it etc 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 um so with all saying all of that i haven't seen something very specific that oh my god this is going to be the next thing however this is the same thing with quantum computing i think that that's next in terms of where the population and uh, and we are trying to push things forward. Of course, having said that, given the war in the Ukraine, everything is on hold. Why? Because it's cold in the winter and people want to get warm. So how they are going to get that energy, they need that energy. But when we are looking five years, 10 years forward, we need to find and start building those solutions and to make sure that they are in place. I hope that that was a better answer. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's a developing field, and um, uh-huh. I have not found the one blockbuster idea. But quite frankly, I think that is to be expected because there isn't this one thing. I think it's 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 success by a thousand cuts. So um, for me, I I just kind of try to collate um, some best practices because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. um, there is a part of collective activism, corporate citizen activism that also plays its part rather than just kind of going, I'll move if I have to. Um, Conscious of time. Mm -hmm. How much time do we have? Um, Not that much. Um, So we are, um, so, so I would, you know, our audience consists of um, insurance and insurtech enthusiasts, largely out of Europe, some in the US. But is there anything that our audience um, is for you? Is there any one, any type of listener that you'd say, listen, you know, these are the topics on top of what I've discussed or, you know, just in, in, in summary that, you know, reach out to me. I'd love to discuss anything, uh, you know, any, any, any last shout out that you want to give? Well, listen. 
I, we can continue talking about, as you know, we can continue talking about so many different topics. I think that the uh, the thing that gets me excited nowadays, besides the, apparently I'm an investment banker. So I started to look into larger deals and mergers and acquisitions and stuff like that. So that's a, a new field for me. But the main thing that gets me really excited is now I find a way to collaborate with InsurTech Israel. So usually people confuse me for being in InsurTech Israel. I'm not. I'm an Israeli who lives in Los Angeles and running InsurTech Los Angeles. And and one of the things that we are now focusing on, things that we used to be, we, we are doing separately, but finally we are going, we are trying to do that together. And that's basically to bring small groups of insurance companies investors, service providers that want to discover the center of innovation in Tel Aviv. So it's a what we call a white glove, pick you up from the airport, four days of full agenda, sightseeing, food, and a lot, a lot of meetings that are about building a relationship and digging deep. Now, you, are, you know it very well, and as a media partner to the big conferences, we go to a big conference, there are thousands of people. We have one of those applications, we have 15 minutes, and then we meet someone random on the queue to the bar. We have 15 minutes, hi, what's your name? Let me take a screenshot of your badge. And we may or may not talk in a month or two. Well, this is more about, let's go on a walking tour in the old city of Jerusalem together and build the experience. Let's share a dinner. And it's all about the agenda of what they need today, right? So they these are the companies that the insurance company wants to meet. These are their goals for the next five years. So we can curate those meetings. And of course, we're also always adding, and that's what I like, and I don't people don't really understand that meeting other insurance companies, right? Because it can be carriers, five people from Germany, two people from England, and 10 from the US from different companies. And then they are going to meet insurance companies, the CIO, the CTO, whatever, VP of innovation of an insurance company in Israel. And because there is no direct competition, you finally have an opportunity to sit with your peer and talk about so how are you doing it? What's your problem? You know how, when I was at Farmers, it was always, you know, with, because it's such a big organization. I was always trying to figure out who else is in this organization that I can talk to, to understand better things so we can collaborate. What are their, their problems? Maybe we have the same problem, eh? maybe something we can push forward. And then when I used to go to conferences, I was looking for, my peers in State Farm, in Allstate, and, and Progressive, and talk with them to see, do we do we have the same experience so we can sort of share? Now, many people are very competitive and so afraid and siloed in this industry. Sometimes it drives you crazy because they are missing so much of being so guarded. Um, and this is the opportunity because you're not competing. Although, as I said earlier, we are all frenemies and work, but you're always working with your competitor. So we have a few uh, companies that sign up that, uh, funny enough, they are looking to meet the MGAs while they are babies, right? Israel 
is a core of innovation, startup nation. However, there is no market. So what do they do to when they grow up from that incubation? They all go to Europe. They go to the US. That's where the market is. If they are an MGA or if they are a technology, the next cyber security, cyber insurance, MI, ML, or in the latest buzz, which will make me cringe. By the way, Tom, if uh, earlier we talked about the uh, different buzzwords and trends, AI is there. I don't care. The AI, I don't care if you run a linear regression. The box, I want to see the business result. <laughs> that side, side note. Um, so yeah, that's basically what one of the things that uh, keeps me very, very intrigued with the industry nowadays. And again, and, and people ask me, why do you do all this stuff? Because it helps, it creates relationship. And that's what I do. I, 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 it's all about the relationships because later on, it gives me a better opportunity to provide value as an investor or as a connector, or, you know, I may gain from it or no, maybe later on in two, three, four years, say, oh, you know, let's talk to Gilad. He knows someone and maybe they jump, 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 boom. Awesome. That's it. Yeah. Um, Gilad, thank you so much for, for your time. Do share, you know, once we post this, do share the information in the show notes so people can check it out. And um, I it was a pleasure talking to you. Um, Always. I wish you some, some great remaining days in London and some safe travels back to California. And um, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you. And Tom, man, you need to let us breathe a little bit, man. You talked so much. Yeah, That's Tom. That's Tom. Incredible. <laughs> uh, looking forward to uh, see you on uh, one of those next conferences again. And uh, we will put a lot of hashtags in Shortech Israel on the post. So everything will be fine. Hey, and, and Shortech uh, LA, man. Uh, I, I got Kobe already like, hey, why are you, why are you in Shortech Israel? Like, Perhaps yeah, we perhaps we, should, uh, perhaps we should invite uh, Kobe also to talk about the insurtech ecosystem in uh, in Israel, and then we meet. And then we all meet in Tel Aviv. He's Tom. Kobe's not a no, hard guy a plan, to get man. hold of. Um, he's he's very you know. Let's we will invite him. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll say yes. I think that he just came back from the US from another roadshow with the uh, with a few startups. So and. He will give, say, him a, uh, give him some days. Give him a few days to let him, you awesome. know, to take down. He must be in the desert now, uh, on those uh, Polaris razors. I'll okay. I'll show I'll share with you pictures when he took me in Arizona to do that. It was awesome. Okay. So Very much good. fun. Okay, enough. enjoy your Ciao, time guys. in London. Bye bye. Take bye -bye. care. Thank you so bye -bye. much. Bye. Good, good,